And I really do want you to know the Bible is a practical book. It's not a big mystical book. You don't have to have four letters in front of your name to show that you're qualified to study it. Hey guys, welcome back to Bible Line. I'm your host, Pastor Jesse Martinez. And today we're answering yet another listener submitted question. Let's dive right in. Our listener writes in, I'm starting to doubt OSAS, and that means once saved, always saved, because I have come across some scripture like Revelation 3.5 and 2 Corinthians 6.1. And I was wondering, does the Bible teach that you can lose your salvation? I'm going to study it myself. I just want to make sure I'm sharing the right thing, but I want to know your opinion. It's an excellent question, and we're going to answer it in two parts. What I want to do is I want to look at Revelation 3.5 and 2 Corinthians 6.1 in context. And then I want to tell you that we've already made a video about what the Bible teaches and eternal security. We have put the link to that video in the description. The person who wrote this question has already gotten this email. But for you that are watching, maybe you're thinking the same thing. Does the Bible teach that once you're saved, you are saved forever? Well, you can look in the description and there's a link down there for a video we've already done about that. But let's look at Revelation 3 in chapter 5, and we'll also look at 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 1 and see, do these verses teach that you can lose your salvation? All right, so we'll start with Revelation chapter 3 and verse 5, where it says, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. So contextually speaking here, Jesus is writing to another church. He, he wrote to seven in the book of Revelation. These churches received specific instruction from Christ. Some of them received um, like a thumbs up, good job. They were commended for their work. And then they received some constructive criticism. There were a few that only received praise, but uh, quite a bit of them received correction. There were things that they were doing that were probably not good. And so as Jesus is going through that, he ends each one by this phrase, he that overcometh. And this is not a new phrase. It was already used in 1 John chapter 5 in verses 4 through 5. I want to always say it's so important to define your terms. As you learn to study your Bible, you're going to come across words that are repeated. And it's good to know the definition of those words. A big one is repent. When that word was used in the King James translation, it had a certain meaning. That word has changed meaning in the English language today. But if we go back to the Greek, I'm not saying you have to be a Greek and Hebrew scholar, but if you use a lexicon that gives you that definition, you can see the proper use of that word. The word let, L-E-T, has also changed the way that it's used. But the term overcome, or he that overcomes, an overcomer overcometh, is used first in 1 John 5, verses 4 through 5, and it says this, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this, overcoming the world, is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Verse 5, Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? To believe that Jesus is the Son of God is to believe that what he did on the cross Paid for your sin. He is the only begotten Son of God. He is the Christ. That is the title. That's not in his last name, but that's the title that he possesses. The anointed one, the chosen one, in whom we are all placed by faith in Christ. So an overcomer is a believer. So in Revelation 3, 5, when it says, he that overcometh, it is to say, he that has believed on me, me being the 
um, author here, Christ, those words are written in red in most of those words in red translations, but he that believeth is the one that overcometh. The same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. This verse, if anything, teaches eternal security. Once you have put your faith in Christ, you are guaranteed a white raiment at some point in the future. I believe at the judgment seat of Christ, we'll receive that as a part of our reward. But then also, you're not going to be taken out of the book of life. You have that position of life, life with God, eternal life forever. So what about 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 1? Before we continue, I just want to let you know that we have released an audio-only podcast that we put up every Wednesday at 3 p.m. It's called Real Talk, and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to check that out because it's something that we're really excited about moving forward. Also, don't forget to like, comment, and share this video. We want to make sure that we get this in front of as many people as we can because the gospel is that important. If you haven't already, make sure that you hit that red subscribe button and the notification bell. When you click on the notification bell, make sure you select all notifications so that you don't miss any time that we upload, go live, or even post something on our community tab. If you have a Bible question, just like the one we have today, send it to us. Send an email to questions at BibleLineMinistries.org, questions at BibleLineMinistries.org, and we'll do our very best to get you a timely response back in email and even make a video like we're doing today. Let's get back to our answer. Okay, so the other part of our question where it caused our listener to doubt his salvation is 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 1. Well, he didn't doubt his salvation, but he was saying, is once saved, always saved true. He says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 1, We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. What does it mean to receive the grace of God in vain? This comes up in a couple different places within the New Testament. Another place is in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Those that were believing on Christ, but then they were denying the resurrection after the fact. What does it mean to believe in vain? To believe in vain means you believe, but you do not use your belief to maintain any profitability. This is very important to understand. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 is an entire doctrinal study on what is ministry. Think about this for a moment. If a person believes unto eternal life, meaning they put their faith in Jesus Christ, they would waste their faith. They would waste their opportunity to reach more people, to be rewarded by the Lord, if they don't live a disciplined life. And that's all about ministry. We don't want to look like the world, talk like the world, act like the world. We're not of the world, but we've got to reach the people who are in the world. And in order to do that, we've got to be disciplined. 2 Corinthians 6.1 is the beginning of a warning to these Corinthian believers not to squander what has been given to them, not to take this eternal life, this free gift of eternal life, and waste it on the carnality of the world. It has nothing to do with you better make sure you really believed because if you believed, you will perform these things. It has nothing to do with that. The real question is, you've got this opportunity in Corinth, which is a port city. It was a trade city. It was one of the richest cities of their time. Don't waste this opportunity by living carnally. That's the warning there. It has nothing to do with whether or not a person is really saved if they really believed unto eternal life. That's not what's in view here. The audience is believers who are already saved, but they're living in their carnality. And to continue living in that carnality is to have believed in vain, believed to no profit of those around us. By the way, James chapter 2 is all about that. 
faith without works is dead. And we've made a video about that. And you can go check that out on our channel as well. So I pray that those of you who are listening, you can find peace and comfort in God's word. And I really do want you to know the Bible is a practical book. It's not a big mystical book. You don't have to have four letters in front of your name to show that you're qualified to study it. The Bible is written on a level where it's easily understood. You just have to put the practicality into use. What you learn, go put it into use. And don't waste the opportunity that we've been given to serve the Lord. Don't forget, if you have a question, send it in to us. Questions at BibleLineMinistries.org. Until next time, keep looking up. Jesus Christ is coming soon. If you enjoyed today's episode of Bible Line, make sure to subscribe to the channel and share this video with a friend. Do you have a Bible question? Send us an email, questions at BibleLineMinistries.org, and we'll do our best to get you an answer. Or you can leave your question in the comments of this video. Be sure to check the links in the description for more clear Bible teaching. Bible Line is a ministry of Calvary Community Church located in Tampa, Florida.